It's the My Michelle Live podcast. Weekend Review. A look back at the week. It's My Michelle Live Weekend Review. Here's Michelle. Hey, my friend. Thanks for hanging out. This, well, is another end of the week, and you made it. Congratulations as your special treat. We're going to take you through some of the craziest, wildest, and oh my gosh, news stories of the week, give you a little color commentary, and discuss things that the media is purposefully, carefully, or idiotically avoiding. But that's okay. We've got you here, and I'm going to invite you to be a part by liking us and sharing us. It is so very important. I need as many of you as possible, you in particular, to like us on platforms like um YouTube. If you see us there, look for My Michelle Live or wherever you are at so that we can continue to grow and we can continue to spread truth. Adam Rosieri is my co-host, my cohort, my partner in crime as we take on a week in review. Hey, my friend. Hey, it is that time again, the week end review time. Let's do it. This week was full of stuff that was going on. And I know we could take way more time than just an hour to go over these things, but I know Michelle, there's, I guess a little out of the ordinary going on in your neck of the woods. Yep. That's right. That's right. The president of the United States is visiting Seattle in celebration of earth day. He actually, (laughs) thank you very much. Yeah. I, I was so close to being caught in the motorcade. It is, if you've ever had the motorcade, in your city. It is a pain in the derriere. It's heinous what it does. It it clogs up, it congests. But interestingly enough, for Earth Day, he signed uh, an executive order protecting old growth forests. And what I wanted to know is who is protecting forests from the president? What am I talking about? Air Force One. Think about how evil here in Seattle, they're doing everything they can to get people out of cars. They're reducing lanes on highways and they're taking away parking. Cars are the evil. Emissions are evil. Air Force One, though, travels with a decoy plane. Okay, so that's two planes right there. Two planes that are not electrically powered. (laughs) But wait, there's more. Two cargo planes in addition carrying Marine Ones and the presidential state car. Four Boeing 767s for advanced security. Now, Marine One flies in a group of up to five identical choppers like decoys and such sure the presidential state car travels in a motorcade of 30 to 45 vehicles there is let me see if i get this figure right <laughs> 132,596 tons of carbon dioxide right well, I was gonna say, those vehicles are not weak vehicles like those are all they're all rolling around with v8s they're they're they are designed to perform, right? These 30 to 45 vehicles, they're not rolling around in a fleet of Teslas or, you know, little volts. I know, what the heck? But let's bring it home. Executive order to protect those forests, 155,996 acres of forest required for carbon sequestration. 
That's it right there. Thank you very much. He that what he's doing right now throughout his travels and the presidency and all they do at the White House. He has the carbon footprint of over 7000 Americans. Well, Michelle, so thank you over very in Seattle, much. You must have people that are already trying to occupy the airplanes by now and just circling up the airport with signs expressing their outrage for the uh, the emissions that have entered the airspace of Seattle. No, it's okay. If it were if Trump or someone that they don't agree with, then it would be horrible. I think it's just like 67% of people in Seattle want to leave. Wow. And there is a reason because it's become so woke and hypocritical. Just wanted to point that out if you're celebrating wow. Earth Day. Did they not learn that you can Zoom? You know, just have a freaking Zoom meeting. It's, it, the, I wonder if the Washington Post is going to look into this because... I know they were really critical of, of Trump and, and the way he would use Air Force One to travel to. And, and they should be. Every now and then, right? Because each trip, I think, they, they averaged it out around $3.5 million per trip. This is Biden's first trip to the Pacific Northwest since the election. And his travel seems to be, frankly, very frequent between the White House and Delaware. I think he goes to his beach house like every weekend. And when he was VP, Obama as president, at one point his travel costs hit $72 million yeah, in, in travel. And, so, okay, and I'm going to give Obama and even Trump a little bit of a pass because prior to 2020, that was the thing to do. Now we've learned we can do teleconferencing. <laughs> we can everyone manage. Maybe they should put their carbon admissions well, where their mouth you, is. If you're Putin <laughs> and you meet in person anyway, Michelle, you're like you're meeting from like 35 feet away. <laughs> That's right. What happened to social distancing? Just saying. So in Seattle, Biden is here and ignoring the real issues that are happening here in Seattle. Crime is crazy. Crime is insane in Seattle and also just major cities in our country. But Seattle in particular, you have homicides that are up almost 45%. That's insane. And just a short ways away over in Portland, robberies are up like crazy. I imagine the streets of Seattle are turning into what it looks like probably on, on Nancy Pelosi's front door, which is probably... Homeless people <laughs> defecating literally in the street. Yes. I mean, that's a I, no, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say probably I live in Seattle. Y'all oh. know that y'all know well, I live in Seattle and let me tell too, right? you walking downtown as I often do. And I've lived right by the stadiums, which is in the Soto district as well. There you will walk down the street and you will watch people peeing on sidewalks, defecating on sidewalks, shooting up on sidewalks. You have to walk yeah. around encampments in order to go to a, a restaurant, fine restaurant, regular restaurant, go to a game. Right. It, it that This is a real thing. Well, and and we, are, we ask ourselves why, right? You have, you have prosecutors like over in LA, right? Guys like Gascon who are basically like you have like this side banter amongst the gangs talking about how they have a guy in, in, in the office. They have a guy who will help them out. Um, just <laughs> not going to charge them with anything. And if they are charged with something, why don't we just let them out? It's the, the whole defund movement too is just a terrible thing for the big cities as well. I know Seattle right now is down big time in terms of officers on the force. 175 like, the officers yeah. down while the president is coming into town. In fact, I'd like to right. play you what Marco Monteblanco, who is the president of the Fraternal Order of Police, had to say just yesterday 
residents are dealing with. How do you think uh, the residents of Seattle are going to welcome President Trump? It's obviously that this administration is out of touch with what's really going on within our communities because even though he's here on a specific issue, what's really affecting our communities is our crime rates, and we need to address that crime rate. And the president is in a perfect spot to actually help address that, but he just needs to do it. Yeah, it's not happening. We're hypocritically making 132,000 tons of carbon dioxide from our presidency and signing executive orders on old growth forests. It's all optics and it's all silly. Now, if you want more of the same, then you have good news in 2024. (laughs) Good news, indeed. (laughs) History is now most elderly President Biden, who's holding office at the age of 79. Not exactly a spring chicken. If if he's announcing, and I already shared this with Obama, that he would be running again in 2024. He literally says, oh, you know what? If Trump is the guy running against, bring it on. I, I can't wait. He'll be a great component for me to destroy. Okay, let's just hypothetically say that if Biden were elected to a second term, That means that when he's 86 years old, that's when he'll be completing the second term. Already, not even just in the in the early months of his presidency, people were already questioning his mental competency, his aptitude. Is he he sharp or is he a little bit off? There were there was a story floating around from his trip to the Vatican. Did President Biden literally just prove himself at the Vatican? I hope to God not. But you have very honest questions that are being asked from people that work for him, for people that are are observing him, and then also from world leaders who are supposed to be working with him to solve really big problems. And he just, his entire administration seems to double down on the problems that they've created. He's also doubling down on Kamala Harris and his satisfaction with her as VP when now she's had 13 people from her staff literally resign. She just lost her chief of staff. People who leave... This is what happens uh, when you hire people simply because of the color of their skin or the sex that they identify as. <laughs> I'm sorry, but well, she is as blabbering is as he is. She says nothing. She takes the longest time ever to really say nothing. Her approval ratings oh, sure. are on par with the president's, as we talked about last week, <laughs> in the low 30s, right? Yeah, in her yeah. home state. And it's, you think about going to a job and showing up to work and to do what you are supposed to do. And the people that are leaving the office of the vice president are saying it's a hostile work environment. It's a terrible place to work. There is no order. There is no vision. There's no leadership there. Okay, so there's no leadership in the office of the VP. That is scary. But also it's, it's really telling because when you see her on the world stage, she looks like a kid who didn't do her homework the night before. She's never prepared <laughs> to speak about anything that matters. And Michelle, that's where she starts to give us this word salad, just they're just stuffing words into the essay just to meet the word salad. Yeah, I know. That's it's exactly crazy. But if we're time looking again, at a really president that is uh, going to be running again, we, we may have more of this. All men and women created by the gold of the thing. You, you know, know the thing, thing man. People. I'm the best qualified people for person for this job. <laughs> I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. You're getting nervous, man. <laughs> oh my COVID goodness. Has taken this year. <laughs> nervous, man. It's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just it's when I mean, you think about it. the same let's let's think, think about it it's like <laughs> the, the, that's the action right there the call to action is just think about it just think, think about this guy in a second term <laughs> think about it we're already oh. like not even in the second year really and we're just like 
man, like how much longer can we do this thing? Oh my gosh. Like, I hope he makes it till the end of the first term so that we don't end up with Kamala in power. Cause man, can you imagine her with the keys to the nukes? No okay. Thanks. What I want to know is who will really be running the white house because, um, this is a bit of, let's see, if low internet, the circle of well, death here. But well, Lodi Michelle, who's going to be the mouthpiece of the White House? Who wants Jen Saki goes and works for MSNBC? <laughs> well, right. And, <laughs> who and, can spin things the way she does? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, well, Just spitting what, up that much garbage. What I want to set up is this video from Easter on the White House lawn where Joe Biden is talking with a group of people. And what happens? Apparently, they don't want him actually talking with people. So the person who I think is really running the country, okay, maybe not so much the person, but the, <laughs> but they the, don't let me, the entity <laughs> who's really running the, the country steps in. Watch this. Uh, there's this the so Easter good. bunny. Oh, waving his hands. Okay, Biden, we're going to go this way uh, from another angle. Okay, come over here. Come over here. No, no, don't talk to the people. Don't talk right? to the people. There so, you go. Where am I going? What, wait, where am I going? What? What the Easter Bunny, what, what, the freaking Easter Bunny is running the country. That the Easter Bunny was a part of his communications team. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> How do we explain that one to the kids? Santa and the Easter Bunny actually works for President Biden. Now, now who will be really running the, uh, running the country? And Adam, honestly, if we can look back. We should, to Michelle, we, we need to do a doxing on the on the bunny. <laughs> what is the real identity of this it's Easter the bunny here? No kidding. Which is oh, kind we of have a great a... segue into this Washington Taylor Lorenz story, isn't it? Oh my gosh. No, no kidding. Before we get there though, can I just say one more thing about the Easter South Lawn egg roll thing? Hunter Biden was there amongst the children. And I just want to say the, the optics of that. Bad. Oh my gosh, around all these children. Oh, not cool. Anyway, let's get to to the Washington Post story with Taylor well, real Lawrence. Fast, Michelle, it's like when you don't know where Hunter Biden is at the event, then like that's when you really have to start asking questions. <laughs> that's just not okay. <laughs> like seriously, guys, check every closet, check every bathroom. Where is he? Oh check the gosh. stairwell. Let's get to this story because that's just way <laughs> too creepy. I'm just saying. <laughs> so this is have you followed at all that that lives of TikTok? Twitter account? No, I have not. <laughs> so basically this account has been uh, sort of an amplifier or like a syndication like device for crazy content that's been posted on TikTok specifically. And basically this particular social media user doesn't really post like personal content of any sort. It's always a repost of social content coming from TikTok and that content is most oftentimes teachers who are literally being outspoken about how they plan to indoctrinate your children. You have teachers of all sorts of different persuasions who are talking about how it is their right, it is their obligation, it is their basically their moral obligation it's their really jihad. to discuss sexual issues with kids, to discuss well, just all sorts of crazy stuff, like the craziest stuff that you could think about from the far left on really every topic. And so it's been a really interesting account to follow because you're just like, oh my gosh, this is what they're really saying. And when you think about TikTok as a platform, it's a place where a lot of your kids are spending their time. So they're being exposed to this content. And then you bring that content over to Twitter, which is, it's an echo, it's, it's, it's a liberal echo chamber for the most part, but generally more of an adult audience. So it's like bringing the truth of what's being told to your kids to the adults here. Right, right. this content from TikTok to Twitter. 
And this Washington Post reporter, uh, Taylor Lorenz, she she felt like it was her job to really identify and disclose the identity of this private person, this, this individual who was running this account, this person who was quite literally just reposting content from others, not trying to really get attention to herself personally, just trying to get attention to what's being really pushed on your children. And so she tracked down family members of the uh, social media user, Libs of TikTok. She tr uh, actually publicly disclosed her home address, her occupation, her religion. And, and when you think about the job of a journalist, is it really their job to be doxing private individuals, private social media users? And, and what is the value to that? What is the societal good from exposing the identity of this person who's now being subjected to just a lot of hate from the far left? Would you like to watch a little bit of this and you can explain what we're going to see here? <laughs> yeah. So the funny thing about this whole topic of doxing and sharing personal information, we're about to watch a little video here from the well, MSDNC, MS, MSNBC here. And it's the same Washington Post journalist. I say that with air quotes, journalist, Taylor Lorenz. And she's crying about how she has been subjected to trolls online and how information about her has been put into the public sphere and how that's affected her life in negative ways. The thing is, she is a public figure. She's a public personality who is very protected by the Washington Post and her boss, Jeff Bezos. So public personalities have to be a little tough, right? Like you have to have thicker skin than not because Tell me when you about are it. on a public platform <laughs> like this, you will be subjected to people who agree with you and people who think that you are just the worst thing ever. And so here she is crying about basically her, her own version of being doxxed when she has time and time again as a political operative gone after those with conservative voices online. You feel like any little piece of information that gets out on you will be used by the worst people on the internet to destroy your life. And it's so isolating. And terrifying. It's horrifying. It's horrifying. I'm so sorry. You're fine. You're it's fine. overwhelming. It's really hard. You feel like any little piece of information yeah. that gets out on So you feel like any little piece of information that gets out on you will be used by people. Okay, so don't tell me she didn't know exactly what she was doing. And that goes back to what on not only from her posting, but also from the libs of TikTok, you are seeing jihad. And yes. it, it is not about education, educating your children. It's not about reporting the news. It's about indoctrination over education. It's about right. indoctrinating people. It's about their jihad. And don't get me wrong. It, it's human nature. I'm not just saying that it can happen on the left, but that's the predominance of what we're seeing is right. not being talked about right now. That's well, why so we right. take it on. You're so right when you think about like the woke culture as like this fanatical sort of religion really and, and uh, impacting everything that the far left tries to impose on our society. A jihad just seems to make sense actually because a lot of the, a lot of those who are drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Big tech, big media, Disney, they're all operating towards the same end goals, right? And Libs of TikTok is exposing TikTok creators who are trying to push things like social, emotional learning, critical race theory, the ideas that the police are terrible, the idea that your baby is racist, like this total garbage, right? Okay. And so, and so let me just get in weaponizing here. Weaponizing her power as a, as a weaponizing. public figure, quote, journalist to literally wage warfare on yeah. those who are trying to expose the truth. 
This is the problem. And we'll talk about this as we talk about where education is going and what some people are doing about it. Adam, if you want to indoctrinate your kid, indoctrinate your kids at home, I don't have a problem with that. We need all kinds of ideas and we can fight it out in the public uh, circle. Okay. Don't indoctrinate my kids in school. Don't indo- try to indoctrinate me with the meat. Do your job. Indoctrinate elsewhere. That's the problem that I have. I'm all for the free exchange of ideas. I'm all for teach your kids. Think however you want to think. But when we use these platforms in these vile ways, it is ridiculous. And you see the, the hypocrisy in yes. stories like this one this is crazy i saw this guy on tv (laughs) yeah so this is a crazy this comes a scottsdale school diversity activist they accuse the dj of wearing blackface they are out trying to say we've got to stand again and okay in their wokeism they didn't care that the dj is a black Man, ooh, awkward. Uh, so, Michelle, I saw this guy. Um, Come on. He was, he was being interviewed by a journalist on TV about this situation specifically. And I got to say, so this guy, he's a DJ. He was hosting a 70s disco themed event. His name was Coco Kim Hunter. And let me tell you, this guy showed so much grace for the morons that were sitting here saying, oh, this guy's wearing blackface. Like, what a racist. This guy showed so much grace to these morons who were literally trying to destroy this guy. And also, just they were doing so truly unapologetically. When I think about the diversity, equity, and inclusion people who are truly exclusionary, they are genuinely unapologetic when they point to a black man and say, oh, he's wearing blackface. Now, when I think about people who have worn blackface, I think about, I'll just list some names, Michelle. I think about Justin Trudeau. I think about Jimmy Kimmel. I think about Ralph Northam. I think about Joy Bear. Like, these are very progressive individuals who have literally worn blackface for one reason or another but then they the people that are on their team will literally point to an actual black man and say oh he's wearing blackface (laughs) it's crazy i wrote if you go to my michelle live you can read a blog post and i i even touched (laughs) a bit on on joy behar talk where where she was at a halloween party and she wore blackface it wasn't really blackface she just dressed as a black woman which the left will call cultural appropriation appropriation, unless they're doing it and joy had it she said wait a minute i i wasn't where I, I wasn't doing anything wrong i was just i was dressed as a beautiful black woman and you know what she was right it's not cultural appropriation the idea of mimicking something uh, isn't it the most sincerest form of flattery imitation correct so she has it right in that when someone eats a taco on Cinco de Mayo in a couple of weeks, it's not cultural appropriation. It's cultural me, appreciation like every, day. every day. Come on. <laughs> it's cultural appreciation. She had it. And when it's hitting close to home, that's where you go, wait a minute. But when it's somebody else, suddenly we turn into hypocrites and this is why it's so important i want to direct your attention to a story coming out of new jersey now this goes back to what are we teaching our kids why are we indoctrinating our kids and why are we such hypocrites in new jersey they're going to require second graders to learn about gender identity you can have boy parts but you can be a girl 
Michelle, this is literally the same kind of content that is being exposed by libs of TikTok. You have teachers who are teaching kids that are literally within that kindergarten to third grade range saying, you can be, you can be a boy, you can be a girl, you can be neither, you can be just like- Because we're not teaching science. (laughs) (laughs) Like this, this is literally like what libs of TikTok exposes and it is indoctrination. And frankly, like whether you're a straight parent or a gay parent, like, I think there's a consensus in the fact that you don't want some stranger, some person with a, literally a government approved curriculum, talking to your infant, your child, your toddler about sexual issues. It's not like, that is not the forum for that. Exactly. And again, comes up in school, the teacher can very easily say, sweetheart, talk to your parent about that. Exactly. Because if you choose to teach your children that they can be the opposite sex they can be a they can be a pink horse named philly that's your business that's that's your business right in school i just want education not indoctrination and this is the kind of thing that disney for example and the woke mob are going after in schools why do we have to go down this road in schools why do we have to sexualize our kids why do we have to talk about it really why secondly why do we need it in entertainment this is where it is a a, it's a jihad indeed and that's why we're seeing people like elon musk and the governor of of florida saying okay you know what we need a bit of a reset in fact a kind of interesting story on elon musk this week he did a little (laughs) trolling oh i love it when elon does some trolling man and, and frankly, like there are people on the web that call him like the most rich or the most wealthy troll <laughs> that exists. I, I have an alarm on his messages. So whenever something comes up, like I see, I get like a notification because like I want to see what he's talking about. <laughs> and he is criticizing most recently here, Netflix, saying that the woke mind virus is literally making Netflix content unwatchable. And this is paralleling stories that discuss Netflix losing value, seeing the the value of its shares just drop dramatically, seeing uh, new subscriptions dropping dramatically. What they'll blame is they'll say, oh, Adam's sharing his password to Netflix with 17 people. That's what they're trying to blame. But none of that's new stuff, right? Like you're literally seeing people turning away from Netflix. You're seeing other streaming providers come to the market that are now taking licenses to some of the more evergreen content that isn't woke, taking those licenses from Netflix. So now you can go to other streaming services to watch content that you used to only be able to watch on Netflix, you know, shows like friends and things like that. So the point is people have a choice, right? And so, well, and and it's not just Netflix. Netflix. It's not just That's Netflix, kind of though. He's kind of pointing to. And he's right. But Disney is just losing subscribers hand over fist. People are done. Oh, yeah. CNN. Uh, well, Michelle, CNN was, Plus. Was like two or three Whoa. weeks ago, you and I were talking about Disney Plus. And we were saying, oh, this is ironic. You have Disney, this super woke company here, trying to indoctrinate our kids in the U.S. But they're okay with doing business in countries that are very anti LGBT that are, that will literally, in some cases, countries that will throw you off a building for being gay, right? Disney plus will try to, it'll try to do business there, but. Oh, let's take it one step, one step further. If you didn't know, if you haven't seen us talk about this in the past, in the upcoming reiteration of uh, Magical Beasts, the secrets of Dumbledore, 
Oh, that's they right. took out For China. They they edited out same sex scenes. For China, right. because China after finds it offensive. Right? Af- yeah, after being uh, outraged that Florida would not want to indoctrinate and talk to little kids and groom little kids from kindergarten to third grade on sexual issues and sexual identity. Outraged! And yet China, oh, okay, yeah, we'll take that out. No problem. Anything else we can do for you? Thank you very much. So we have Disney. We have Netflix. We have CNN Plus. Which... Well, should we do a moment of silence for CNN Plus, Michelle? <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's force them out for CNN Plus. Like, they literally dumped a, a third of a billion dollars into launching CNN Plus. <laughs> and here they are, less than a month from launch. It was two weeks after their launch, they had less than 10,000 subscribers. And then they started offering like 50% lifetime memberships. And they inched up to like 150,000-ish subscribers that were not really that engaged. And now like the sound by there, like that's exactly what this big flop is. People don't want more Stelter. People don't want a woke Chris Wallace. People want, you think about other like successful launches, Discovery Plus offers content that you can't see on Discovery, its main Mm -hmm. TV channel. Fox Nation, right? Fox Nation digs deep into topics and gives you like well-researched presentations, almost like an academic sort of experience versus the Fox main programming, which is just more news and commentary. What did CNN Plus offer? Like some cooking shows and some garbage that nobody cared about? Yes. And that's why they're going away now after dropping $300 million to, to literally do nothing. <laughs> there are some other, <laughs> there you go, right? Um, the, Harm- the Hallmark has uh, been fairly family friendly. It's been pretty, it's been pretty good, but they're starting to get a little more and more wokeism that's being woven yes. in. And that's very true. But um, I need them to change Michelle. Cause my wife just around Christmas time, it's just the freaking Har- Hallmark channel just <laughs> no, constantly. And I'm just like, and like the guy never gets the kiss because it's Hallmark. And they're just trying to, it's like maybe a little peck if he's lucky. I'm just like, man. They have a rival GAC media and the CEO has said that they are, their company and their goal is to be quote, relentlessly family friendly. There's also a brand new network called the Americonic Network that has old school television shows and and uh, I saw movies. Gulliver's Travels on there. I yeah. Love- and of course, if you are here, you can also find My Michelle Live. So you will see us on the Americonic Network. It is by subscription. It's not very expensive. If you go to My Michelle Live, you can sign up and get a nice little discount. And uh, we would so appreciate it. So show these companies that you support them. It's awesome that way. Remember, if it's not by subscription, and it's free, you are the product, right? And you don't want to be the product. That's the problem with mainstream social media. Yeah, there you go. This is a big story because it is making its way into decisions that are taking place in the real world. Governor DeSantis has taken some pretty extreme steps that he's getting lambasted over. But this is one of the biggest stories of the week in this ongoing tension between the state of Florida and the new woke kingdom of Disney. 
I feel like DeSantis is like uh, Keanu Reeves in the Matrix, that scene when all the bullets are coming at him and then he just like, freezes the bullets and they just drop to the yeah, ground. There you go. You know, like <laughs> he doesn't even need Teflon because he stops them like in their tracks. And 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 that's what he's able to do because he is such a I think a logical, smart thinker, right? Like we were talking about Elon Musk and his train of thought being rigidly honest and rigidly just rigid in his thought in general. And I, I think when you look at DeSantis, he's rigid in his thoughts in general as well. He's definitely, he definitely makes decisions based on values. And that's a big difference from the far left. And so now he's literally working to strip Disney of its special status over, basically over this parental rights feud. The, the far left calls it the don't say gay battle, right? We all know. There's nothing in that legislation that says anything about. Can I just say I don't care if you. I I wouldn't even care if it did. I don't want to hear say. I don't want in my class curriculum, my children's curriculum. I don't want you talking about gay. I don't want you talking about who you slept with heterosexually, homosexually. Who it was with or how. I don't care. I don't care if it's gay, straight, whatever. Don't teach my kid the freaking ABC. Yeah, thank you very much. (laughs) Instead of the LGBTQs. this is out, outlandish. So I don't care what. Gay, don't say gay. Don't say it. But yeah, we don't, don't talk to my kids about sex, especially if they're between kindergarten and third grade, and even beyond that. So th- this particular law is just a step in that direction. But Disney is unlike any other business in Florida. It, it's a company that has a huge theme park, and it's been there since the '70s. Disney World is a place that many of us have gone to, even as kids or with kids. And so they've enjoyed a special tax privilege that every other amusement park company in florida has not enjoyed and every other big employer we don't get to enjoy what's funny is you have dems like the colorado governor that that says (laughs) yeah this is just socialism and and you can come here disney we'll we'll be here for you what let's just back up what's happening (laughs) is desantis is removing not just desantis but it was voted on it's going to go to his desk he's going to sign that they no longer get that sweet tax deal that you're talking about and for a a democrat governor to say that's just socialism what's crazy they got a deal that jurassic park bush gardens uh sea world universal studios they never got to enjoy this special they get to be their own governing agency they get to collect their own taxes they get to set their own rules for building codes how is that fair it's not Come on. And And why are Dems complaining uh, about it? Because they're the ones that say the rich need to pay their fair share. Now suddenly it's okay. What? (laughs) Very good point there, Michelle. Very good point. The thing too is is Disney needs Florida more than Florida needs. Disney isn't going to fall You can't stay open with theme park 360 days a year in freaking Colorado. Are you kidding me? No. Not going to happen. Like you have, my wife is cold. If if the, if like the AC is even like in the seventies, she's like got a jacket on. Even in in the Texas summer, she's wearing a sweatshirt. I'm just like sweating. Let it like for her to go to Colorado to go to a Disney theme park, not going to happen. It's going to be like that for a lot of people who would go to Disney. Just not a thing so to hear what colorado's governor said it's just frankly i think he was just trying to make a, a cheap headline and, and just throw a cheap shot at DeSantis. um i don't know if he's got like presidential aspirations and he's just trying to be a, a pot stir or what but there was really nothing logical or, or really that that strong to what he was saying disney had this so, horrible unfair advantage and 
it coming up now is important because if Disney decides that I'm, we're not about, in fact, their, their head guy there was saying, we're a company who's all about LGBTQ and standing against this bill. Why are you not a company that's all about entertainment? So right. once they right. decided to put their hat in the political ring and become a, po a political uh, uh, action committee, that's when it's, you know what, if maybe you don't deserve this and, and right. maybe this is, it's time to lift this it's because yeah. we're not going to fund you deciding who's going to run. And when does a company, a private company get to decide what happens in the United States of America or in a right. state's uh, political ring? How is that okay yeah. in any if regard, left wing or right wing? Exactly right. If a company is going to try to get in there and step on the toes of the taxpayers and the people who are that actually live in that geographic territory, right? If a company is going to come in there and just step on them and just try to impose their will on these people, there will be repercussions. When I saw this headline, I was just like, okay, I wonder how long it's going to be before places like Georgia do this to Delta, to woke Delta. You're going to see people start to stand up and start to take away these special permissions, these special privileges, these entitlements that these big corporations have been enjoying that are not offered to the small businesses that are struggling to compete and to grow. There's no question that during COVID, the big companies are the ones that typically did okay. And the small ones are the ones that mostly went away. And as you saw the value of these major corporations, these huge woke corporations just skyrocket during COVID. And you saw the value of because the government got to pick the offices were closed. The you know, government got that, that to pick who the winners problem. and losers were. They got to decide who was essential and who was not. I'm sorry. My company is essential because it's paying exactly. my, my bills. So it was crazy. So how do we respond to these woke corporations that are attacking our values because there's a lot out there it's not just disney you had mentioned in our notes earlier sports league for example right. uh, they, they're all in in one way or another in trying to get political and it doesn't work and i'm going to use an example of a, a guy who is begging to get back into the NFL and that's Colin Kaepernick. Now it, it's, he had a lawsuit against the NFL saying it's because I kneeled, you know, okay, fine, maybe, but he was a hit and miss quarterback anyway. He wasn't a fantastic, he, he has great athleticism, definitely, but there is more to hiring someone than their athleticism. He was hit and miss right. as a quarterback. He is off it's something there's something not well, just liberally but there's something off uh, uh, about him to a degree now he was trying to bring uh attention to something he's passionate about i don't have a problem with that just do it off the field use yeah. your power off the field adam yeah he really expressed i think an entitlement like i deserve to be on this roster um whereas the reality is that there are so many other people with talent with strong athleticism great physicality really sharp mindset and ability to do that job to be the quarterback and a, really, a really unifier there's a lot of people waiting in line that would die for that position and by the way like teams are owned by individuals whether they're companies or their family they're not entire or obligated to just hire this Kaepernick guy. They can make a decision about who they want to be the face of their team. They can make a decision about who they want to represent their team in their city. And certainly when you think about who that person's going to be, you oftentimes want someone who's going to mitigate your own risk in your investment into that person. You think about uh, quarterbacks like 
Tony Romo, who's retired now. Tony Romo is a guy that you would catch in the weekend headlines for helping a random stranger change their tire. You would see him, you know, in headlines for inviting a stranger to a movie, but paying for their ticket because they couldn't afford it. You wouldn't see him in the headlines for, you know, doing this and doing that. Bashing someone or having drunk or getting arrested. Yeah. You know, so it's a big risk to hire somebody like that. It is indeed. There, there's no entitlement there. And oftentimes Kaepernick was juxtaposed against Tim Tebow, for example, because Tim Tebow was very outspoken about things. But Tim Tebow didn't disrupt the uh order of of a game before or after in order to preach a sermon so what what we see with Kaepernick and I I love that uh, it was James Antle he's a columnist for Yahoo News who I I would think he probably sides with the mindset of Kaepernick but he said this anything that treats patriotism and opposition to racism which he did, patriotism versus racism, as being in tension with one another, ultimately bad for both. And and is that a lesson that Disney and Netflix and a lot of other woke companies and or poli- overly political leaning companies for left can take advice from? Anytime you patriotism and racism, both people lose out and you divide exactly us right. even further. They're going to lose every time, Michelle. You're exactly right. And it's so easy to expose as well, the hypocrisy of everything. When you see how these companies operate internationally, and then you see what they say domestically, two totally different realities there. And that screams out the big H word, hypocrisy, right? And consumers want to buy from brands that are genuine and authentic and trustworthy, not just brands that offer a low cost on a product or a service. The, people are making decisions based on other things these days because things are so freaking expensive. People are going to be mindful of that. And that's why you see these other choices emerging. Okay. And, and the that's weird kind of the thing. American innovation. It's a beautiful thing. Other choices being offered to the market. And now companies like the Daily Wire now coming out with an entire line of new programming content for children specifically. That's a great thing. Tuttle Twins is another option. But we're going to see more and more of this stuff spark out from, from our country because there's a demand for it. And there's really just not quite nearly as, as strong a demand for the corporate garbage as there is a supply. What has happened, mostly conservative-leaning people have just not cared. They haven't been the, oh, I'm only going to shop here. Just They've <laughs> right. just done business. They've just gone about their lives until it's infringed so ridiculously. It is so eye-rolling that they're finally saying, fine, goodbye Disney, goodbye Netflix, goodbye some of you woke corporations that want to push this down my throat. You want to keep your politics to yourself and just sell a good product? I'm in. You want to push this on my children? Oh, baby, you don't mess with my baby. So that's Mm. where we're at today. Don't mess with mama. (laughs) Do not mess with mama. every time, That's right. So uh, this brings us to our last two stories of our weekend review. And this is where you see the lunatics running the asylum or the prison. In in this case, two inmates at an all-female New Jersey prison got pregnant (laughs) from other female inmates. I'm still trying to figure this out, Michelle. I'm not a biologist, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a story that's been going around about these two female inmates in New Jersey at the Edna Mahan Correctional Facility who, through consensual sex, got pregnant with trans inmates. Huh. So I'm I'm not a biologist, but these trans inmates are saying they're women. And uh, they're not, right? Obviously. Like, they just impregnated these two biological women. And, And the New Jersey governor is trying to downplay it as, oh, this is a facility that we know 
has had issues. We're trying to take steps to actually close this particular facility. But isn't the real issue here the fact that you have men who are saying that they're women being assigned to a women's prison facility and then then basically having consensual sex with people who they're spending eight to ten with? Yeah. Yeah. It's that's a nutty, horrifying story because the implications when you go down this road and your worldview is messed up, that leads to all kinds of problems. And we're seeing it where our kids are concerned. We're seeing it here. But the final one, we tend to lambaste people on the left a lot on this show because, well, it's low-hanging fruit. There's so much going on in the media and mainstream that doesn't cover it, doesn't really tell the truth. But do not get me wrong, sin and stupidity is a human condition, and it yeah. knows no political or ideological bounds. And I wanted to show this story, which is nuts. It's a Las Vegas event and you had this guy who was talking at this event, Adam, and he was giving some information on gun safety. And so he talked about, this is just disgusting. He was saying if for black people, gun safety, things like you got to lick the chicken grease off your fingers first, be sure you aim at the ki- aim your gun at the kids so you kill only other people. Uh, gang members, some just really gross things. But he was an equal opportunity offender, at least. He said things about uh, wife beaters and white guys. And he was drinking beer, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Always put your beer down. <laughs> so he was, I guess he was just trying to be funny. And uh, I get, I think this kind of brings it home in a way. This is why we need balance in our society. Maybe 25 years ago, people would have laughed at that, especially if you made fun of people on both sides, right? You made fun of the the people on the left and you make fun of people on the right. You make fun of the black people. You make fun of the white people. People would oftentimes find that funny, but no more. If done. If done, maybe if done. But I think my point is, Adam, wokeism or political correctism pointed out some things that you know, made people uncomfortable. I'm a, a Hispanic-ish, mostly white, mostly Irish, but a Hispanic-ish girl who grew up in a town where there were maybe two Hispanic families. And people would always ask me, where are you from? And after a while, I got a little, I, I could get offended by that. Yeah. I just answer it. I stood out. I didn't take it negatively all the time. Wokeism uh, is the outpouring of political correctness gone awry. Some of that said, maybe this isn't okay. Maybe Maybe let's be a little bit more respectful or sensitive. It is not bigotry necessarily that happens, Adam. It's oftentimes just ignorance. People don't understand a different culture. People don't understand or they see an anomaly. They're not racist. They're just maybe ignorant. So political correctness kind of helped us to learn something. That's why an alternative point of view is not always a bad thing. But that point of view run amok without any restraint has led 
to the woke mob trying to let the lunatics take over the asylum. Yes, indeed. And so that is where we're at in this week's iteration of Weekend Review. A lot of stories, and oh my gosh, Adam, there we had to edit out stories. There were so many this week. Things have gotten we crazier did. and crazier, as uh, it often does. I want to thank you for watching, listening, or viewing, and ask you to please like us, share us, comment, and tell your friends because the the more crazy the media gets out there the more they shut out other ideas the more we need yeah. voices the more voices and, the better and fact check us if we're off target a little bit i think we're pretty on target today but if ever <laughs> there is a time where you're just like yeah i think i and michelle might be a little bit wrong on this one hey we're test us Throw more information at us, and we'll be honest about the truth. We, we always try to be. Because the truth will set you free. Adam, thank you, and thank you for watching, listening, or viewing with My Michelle Live. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.